Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MS Money Moves podcast, your audio destination for all things biotechnology. My name is Chris, the CPO here at MS Money Moves, and today I'm joined by our Chief Operating Officer, Mr. Sultan Beardsley. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about Arcus Biosciences. So for those of you who are new to us, we're a company that focuses on investing and trading within the biotechnology sector. We seek to help augment your due diligence by providing our subscribers with nightly trade ideas, SMS alerts, research articles, and our newly launched chat rooms. But before we go any further, I just want to remind listeners of our disclaimer. MS Money Moves and its affiliates are not registered financial advisors. Our content should serve as educational material to help you conduct due diligence and research. Content is not a directive or recommendation to invest in any security. We reserve the right to buy or sell any security for ourselves without any notification except when required by law. We are not responsible for the action of our affiliates. Investment theses may change due to the variable nature of the securities market. Because of this, there is great risk when investing in stocks and options, which can result in capital loss. Everyone should conduct their own research and due diligence before making an investment decision. We recommend you consult a financial advisor regarding any investment action. So let's uh, start talking here about Arcus Biosciences. And today I'm joined by our Chief Operating Officer, uh, Mr. Sultan Beardsley. So, uh, Mr. Beardsley. Hey, everyone. How y'all doing? Great. So why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself since it's your uh, first time being here with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, born and raised in California, uh, got my bachelor's in crop genetics, and I was uh, on my way to being a plant breeder, developing new types of uh, squash, corn, what have you, and, um, you know, fell, 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 uh, stumbled into the world of uh, biopharma stocks and uh, just could never get myself to leave. Love it. And, uh, and you know, I started MS, and, um, and uh, Chris joined us in 2019, and we're just on a mission to be a uh, number one uh, platform or service for biopharma traders and investors. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, some of the picks that you guys had earlier this year, I mean, what, uh, La Jolla Pharmaceuticals was a big one that ran away, and um, or some of those other ones I know. I think yeah. uh, RAP Therapeutics was in there. Yeah, RAP, we, we found RAP, but that was a little too late. Um, well, I think, was it? Yeah, I think we, yeah, we, you know, well, we had wrapped and I think you did a nice article on that. Um, that made it for a nice trade. Um, but yeah, we had CCXI, uh, was another one that we got, got in on, uh, low and obviously like in the $7 range, you see where it is now, $55. Um, let's see. And even NGM, you know, we started loading that one at 10 bucks. Um, it revisited it briefly during the COVID crash, but that, you know, that's ultimately been a real success for us. And, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So here we're looking at, you know, trading some stocks on the side and then some of those core positions, the, those really fundamentally sound positions. And so it sounds like you maybe stumbled upon one that you think might be um, one of those core positions that has, you know, good fundamentals, a promising pipeline. Um, and that is Arcus Biosciences. So why don't you just introduce us to Arcus Biosciences here? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, I definitely think Arcus has all the makings for a, a core position. Um, yeah, so you know, what I what I like is they're actually you know they've done a lot for being such a young company. You know, they were they were founded in, in 2015, um, and and as you know, Chris, it takes you know a lot of times it takes these companies 10, 20 years to even 
get to the registrational, you know, phase, which Arcus will be entering next year, you know, um, they'll, they'll be starting registrational, you know, phase three studies. Uh, and uh, they have a really strong leader, the CEO, Dr. Terry Rosen. Um, he's got over 30 years of experience in the industry, leading drug development, you know, or drug discovery, I should say, programs um, at some of the biggest names, you know, Pfizer, Amgen, Abbott, um, and yeah, he just, he just spun off and decided to do his own thing. You know, he's, a, he's an entrepreneurial guy. And, um, and yeah, I mean, so basically what Arcus specializes in is um, they're an immune oncology company. So basically that means like leveraging, um, you know, uh, these antibodies um, to help the boost the immune system's ability to detect and, um, you know, target and kill cancer cells. That's awesome. That's a great segue into what does the pipeline for Arcus look like? I know that's kind of one of the key things that we look for in a core position here at MS Money Moves. Yeah, it's um, it's got a very promising um, pipeline, and you know it's not it's not too early. Um, you know, it's not like they got you know they're just in the phase one of development. Like I said, they'll be entering um, you know late stage registrational um, studies next year. Um, there and some ongoing phase two studies and some phase one studies as well. Um, but they have really this, um, they have this robust set of four assets that they're combining in various combinations amongst themselves um, to target six different cancer indications. Uh, so different types of cancer, six different types of cancer um, with these four drugs. Uh, and three of them in particular got me really excited because they're, you know, they're really hot. And the, the way I put it is like high visibility type of assets, you know, um, they're like the forefront of, um, of immune oncology, um, you know, science. They're the, the adenosine A2A and A2B um, agonists. So basically it just, you know, um, agonist meaning it, it targets that, um, that protein to, to um, stimulate it. And, um, and then it has a TIGIT antibody and a PD-1 antibody. Uh, and uh, PD-1 is, uh, as you know, Chris, um, that's the same thing as Merck's Catruda, which has been blockbuster. Um, so they got, you know, they got, they got several really promising, um, you know, uh, cutting edge assets that are going into late stage studies next year. Yeah, I think the, the nice part about those PD-1s is, you know, the market knows what they are, knows their efficacy. We have a clear bar. We know what their side effect profile typically looks like. It's not a new chemical entity that you have to kind of prove to the market its value. I mean, the, the value's already been proven. Now it's just taking that value and yeah, taking exactly. it one step further, essentially. Yeah, what, what I like, too, is, um, you know, if you look at the, the, the landscape, you see, uh, you got, you see Merck, Merck, you see Roche and like Genentech and, and they're all going after these same targets. So it, to me, it says like, you know, if you got the big boys and they're, they, you know, they got PD-1s that they're developing, they got Tigit antibodies they're developing. Um, and, you know, I mean, some of them got adenosine. I think Merck's got an adenosine, but no, none of them have the, both the A1, the A and the, and the AB targets. So anyways, it's just, it just validates to me that there's, there's, there's strong scientific rationale to target these uh, specific proteins. Yeah. And I know a lot of times when, you know, these companies have these massive pipelines, it's not necessarily always feasible for them to fund the development by themselves. 
Plus, I think yeah. it also kind of shows a little bit of respect when you see external companies take um, investment in the company's pipeline in the form of partnerships. So does Arcus have many partners or any types of external validation from other biopharma companies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They uh, just inked a 10-year deal in, uh, in May with, with Gilead, which, um, as you know, and, um, you know, anyone else paying attention to the, to the biotech landscape, uh, Gilead's kind of been on, going on a, uh, they've been on a, a, you know, on a real mission to penetrate the uh, oncology sector market, you know, and, um, yeah, so it's cool to see them choose Ar Arcus as one of their, you know, real uh, strategic strategic and I would say, you know, uh, one of their top partners for doing that, you know, Gilead's a big player in, in uh, antivirals, um, and now they're getting into oncology and, uh, you know, the, the deal was really negotiated on um, favorable terms, I would say, for, for Arcus. Um, you know, Gilead paid a 20% premium for their, for their equity stake, which ended up coming out. So then they, they basically paid $33 and 50 cents a share for, um, uh, and 35% of the company. So, you know, it, it all came out to about like one point, or no, like 730, 750 million, almost 800 million when it was all said and done after the upfront cash and the equity investment and everything. Um, and I mean, you know, Chris, like, you know, we rarely see that sort of financial commitment from big pharma in a partnership. You know, it's so many times you just see, oh, $1 million upfront cash and 20 million in potential milestones, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, and you said how much did they pay per share? $33.50. And just for a reference point here for the listeners, the, the closing share price um, on Friday uh, the 9th was $19.63. So, yeah, exactly. Um, definitely a lot of room above the share price to see where Gilead paid. And that's spot I mean, Gilead just forked out $21 billion to buy out Immunomedics. So, it seems like they're really trying to move into this oncology space after uh, the antiviral and the hepatitis C market kind of dried up or more competition arose. Um, yeah. So do they, obviously they have some cash flowing in from that deal. Are they pretty financially stable um, with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. After that, man, it's one of the things I love is just the cash overhang is really not there at all. I mean, um, you know, they can uh, Per the terms, I mean, they get up to like, it's like 1.6 billion in R&D funding and like milestone payments. So, I mean, and the way that, you know, the way the CEO put it is um, they're basically, you know, through these R&D uh, milestone payments and whatnot, they're, they're essentially cashed up through, you know, up to, uh, through phase three studies for these, for their programs. Um, you know, the caveat is they, they're giving up 50-50, uh, split of the u.s sales um and then they get pretty sweet royalties on um ex-us sales um but yeah gilly gets the right to opt into any one of their programs and they'll do a 50 50 u.s split which you know if you ask me it's still a pretty good deal uh the way the ceo put it and i i, I see his point i think he's right i mean you know they, they're basically gonna have 50 percent of um uh of a 10 inch pie versus versus um hundred percent of like a, a six foot or six inch pie or, you know, or, or less, you know, so they essentially like increase their total, the total like market share. They, they, they believe they can, they can grab. Yeah. I mean, I've seen those 50, 50 deals work out quite well though. I mean, just take a look at Loxo oncology. They had a 50, 50 deal with Bayer 
Um, and most recently, um, Blueprint Medicines took a 50-50 deal. Because I want to say it was Roche. And, I mean, both – well, Loxo obviously got bought out by Eli Lilly. And so Lilly obviously didn't care that, you know, 50% of those profits were going to another partner. And Blueprint Medicines has been hitting 52-week highs after the signing of that deal. So I think, you know, there's, there's no reason to sneeze at a 50-50 deal when, like you said, you get – 50% of the larger pie, it's well worth yeah. it. Totally. And uh, yeah, I mean, you get all the resources and, and the, the, the talent that comes with, with, with a big pharma partner, you know? I mean, because they're, they're competing with big pharma, you know? It makes sense to have a big pharma, big pharma partner to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what are the, the next catalysts that we should be looking for for Arcos? Yes, they got a couple of uh, uh, data catalysts coming up. They got an interim phase two data update that's this, uh, this quarter for ARC-7. Um, and uh, ARC-7 is uh, their study in uh, non-small cell lung cancer. Um, I appreciate, they're all combination studies. I forget which one this is. Um, I think it's, they're combining their, their TIGIT antibody and their adenosine one and, um, and the uh, PD-1 uh, in ARC-7, my positive though. And then, um, they're also filing an IND uh, later this year to do another combo study. And they also have preliminary phase one data uh, from ARC-8, which is in pancreatic cancer. Yeah, it sounds like a busy second half or fourth quarter of the year for them. Um, yeah. Do you know, do they have any, you know, strong support insider buying um, institutional investors? Obviously, we have Gilead taking a substantial position with their equity investment. But is there any other notable funds that um, carry a significant amount of stock? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember um, other funds that own stakes. I know there's high insider ownership and there's there's been insider buying support uh, recently. Uh, CEO, the CEO and CFO um, have, have uh, made some significant purchases recently. The CEO has made the most significant by far. He bought like nearly a million dollars worth of stock between like 20 and 22 bucks chair um cfo he still dropped a pretty penny i mean he bought five thousand shares not too long ago like i want to say like maybe less than a month ago um at like 22 23 bucks a share and obviously there's you know the stock's still down six seven percent from there um but uh yeah and i'm kind of surprised honestly they they didn't add on this last bit but you know, i guess you can't can't complain too much after you know ponying up that much money um yeah, so I mean, yeah, you love when they put their money where the mouth is. I mean, exactly, that's, that's great. And I mean, the current price where you know if we were to go out and buy more of it tomorrow would be um, at a price cheaper than the CFO and the CEO, and heck, even cheaper than what Gilead paid for it. So that's a oh yeah, definitely a uh, interesting situation here. Um, so if you were to kind of give a elevator pitch, quick. 30 seconds, 45 seconds summary of Arcus to wrap it up. How would, what would, what would that look like? Man, I would just, I would say, uh, you know, you got best in class, um, you know, best in class, anti-cancer antibodies, um, you know, with, uh, you know, world, world-class team of scientists and, um, minimal, you know, financial overhang for next, you know, five, five years, um, you know, all for about a billion dollar market cap. Um, and you know, the, the, I think the upside 
the upside here versus the downside risk is, you know, as far as biopharma, you know, clinical stage biopharma companies go is, is very attractive and um, is, is uh, you know, very, very much so weighted to the upside. <laughs> no, I like that. And, uh, yeah, the way, the way I, the way I see it, um, you know, is Gilead essentially paid 20% premium um, for 35% of the company. So, you know, um, the way I, I see them as like fairly valued. So, you know, based on what Gilead paid, puts them the valuation north of $2 billion. And then, you know, I subtract another, like I subtracted like 20% off of that to try to find fair value. And it's, it's between 1.7 and $2 billion. Um, and right now they're about a billion dollars. Um, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable, you know, buying them down here to just, uh, no, I don't, it seems, it seems like a good, good risk reward trade off. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, having a market cap around one, $1.3 billion with so much cash in the bank. I mean, there's not much valuation being put on the assets and the majority of the valuation at this point seems to be on cash in the bank, which right. <laughs> eventually somebody's going to start realizing the value of these pipeline components. And that's when the stock could definitely, um, just skyrocket. I mean, yeah. it seems yeah. real cheap down here. And, and then you always got the, you know, possibility of Gilead buying them down the road. Um, I mean, you know, 35%, you know, they're, they're over a third of the way there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming in and right. talking to us about Arcus. Uh, Sultan will be joining us again here next week. We'll be talking about another interesting biotechnology company called Kintera and we look forward to seeing you guys then yeah and don't forget guys on uh, Tuesday we will have a conference call with Kintera CEO yes that will be available for our subscribing members so yes we'd like to thank our current subscribers and for any of you that are listening in but aren't subscribers yet feel free to visit our website www.msmoneymoves.com uh, we have uh, flexible payment options. Um, all options do include a free trial, and our chat rooms are now live. That's one of our newest features, and we have some educational courses that we'll be dropping here soon. But not only that, but you also get our nightly trade ideas, SMS text alerts, along with uh, research articles as well. So really try and make it a really value-added service to augment your due diligence. And with that, we'll catch you everybody on the next episode. Good luck, everyone.